Stefan Diggs practices. Sean McDermott clarifies himself. An analysis on other Buffalo Bills news and notes coming out of mandatory OTAs is all coming your way today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, since the last time we talked about Stefan Diggs and his absence from day one of mandatory minicamp, a lot has happened. And so on today's episode, we are going to get caught up with the narrative of what's been happening with the Bills and Stefan Diggs in that situation Then I want to share some of my personal thoughts about the whole thing. I think we gained a little bit more clarity uh, throughout the day after Diggs was at practice and Sean McDermott came out and had some remarks. I want to reflect on those and give you some of my personal takes. And then we'll close with the other things that are happening with the Bills that aren't related to Stefan Diggs uh, to close out today's episode. But let's do start with what's been happening since the last time that we talked. And so the last time we spoke was yesterday coming out of all of the drama surrounding Stefan Diggs and him not being at practice. Since then, Stefan Diggs put out an Instagram story on Tuesday evening. It was a, just a black background with white words. And this is what it said. I just be letting people cap. If them lies help you sleep better Tell them, big dog. And for those of you who may not know what cap means, it it means lying or faking. And so that's that's all. That's what we heard from Stefan Diggs or anybody else since the last time that we spoke. Then practice was or, or did happen on Wednesday morning, and it was my expectation that there would be some sort of pre-practice press conference. That's a typical trajectory of a day that is open to media is you get a pre-practice press conference, typically from a coach, and then you have a practice. And then after the practice, you get to hear from players. There was no pre-practice press conference. And so then they just had their regular practice at 12, 15 PM Eastern time on Wednesday. And what's interesting is that the bills in most teams have a policy that Credential media in attendance aren't allowed to tweet anything about the practice until after the practice is over. But the team, the Bills, made an exception to their policy and allowed credentialed media to share that Stefan Diggs was, in fact, at practice. And that was a really good step in allowing this story to cool down. And so 
he practiced. He didn't do team drills, but he did participate in individual and group drills, which makes sense. I mean, he's it's his first day. He's behind everyone else that's been there throughout the course of the offseason. And Sean McDermott commented on that and said, hey, look, we got to ramp him up. He's in great shape. He passes physical, but there was probably no reason for him to just step into team drills at this point in the process, knowing that it's the last day of OTAs and training camp in six weeks is the next big opportunity. You can just embrace Stefan Diggs then. So Stefan Diggs practices, individual drills, team makes an exception about allowing credentialed media to share that Stefan Diggs was at practice. We see a lot of video from beat reporters and the team. And of course, a lot of that is centered on Stefan Diggs. And when you watch it, everything seems normal. Stefan Diggs is napping up teammates, handshakes with Josh Allen, uh, taking the time to be intentional about calling over a couple of the younger receivers and showing them some different techniques. It looked like everything was normal. And of course, that's a, a great thing. And then after practice, we get a chance to hear from Sean McDermott. And I was glad that Sean McDermott did do this, like that he did speak after practice. It was absolutely necessary. We couldn't possibly go six weeks stewing on this story. And so Sean McDermott met with the media, and I want to share with you some of the most important things that he said. And so he gets up there and he says, I wanted to follow up regarding my comments regarding Steph's situation from yesterday. In doing so, I hope to provide better clarity and understanding for all of the situation. There are a lot of things out there that aren't accurate. Let me be clear. Steph did everything that he was asked to do. He was here Monday and executed his physical on time. He reported on Tuesday and reported for meetings, at which time we had a good conversation and communication. We got to a point yesterday where we all felt like we needed a break and some space. So I gave him permission to get space and head out. And then we picked up the conversation after practice. Let me be clear that it was not Steph leaving unexcused. He was excused by me. So those conversations got us to what I believe is a great spot. I appreciate Steph being willing to communicate. He did a great job. You need to understand that Steph's a valuable member of our football team. He's a captain and leader of our football team. He works extremely hard, as hard as any player that I've been around to be elite, and that's what he is. And I love him. I want to make sure you all understand what the situation is because there are some things that have been said that aren't fair, and I wanted to provide clarity. Then he was asked a follow-up about, well, Sean, you're the one that came out yesterday and said that you were very concerned. And Sean McDermott's attempt to clarify that, and I'm going to expand on this in the next segment. I have some personal thoughts about these comments. Sean said, whenever a player has something going on or is not here, I am concerned. That's my sentiment with any player. In particular, a player as important to us as Steph. That's just who I am. It was a situation that we needed to work through. And that kind of leans into some of the commentary that Josh Allen and Von Miller had yesterday 
regarding Sean McDermott's very concerned comment. And then Sean gets to a point where he adds these nuggets. He said, I feel like we're in a really good spot. I feel confident about that. And he also said, I feel like it's resolved. And so I have a lot, I have a lot of thoughts on that here coming up in just a moment. But first, I do want to tell you about FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And I love betting over at FanDuel. They have great promotions every day. You get paid instantly. It's a safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. And there's so much great stuff to get in on over at FanDuel. I know that the NBA and NHL seasons are over, but football's futures bets are there for you. So win totals, over-unders on you know player props for rushing yards, receiving yards, passing yards, awards. You can bet on the week one odds right now. So, so much good stuff to check out. Of course, Major League Baseball is in full swing as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so we've gotten ourselves caught up on the narrative and what's been going on. And, of course, I went through the important comments that Sean McDermott made after practice. And again, I'm really happy that he did take the time to uh, to meet with the media and, and offer some additional commentary. Because you know what? I think a lot of this is Sean McDermott's fault. I'm glad that this appears resolved right now and that we can move on. And I'm prepared to move on. I just need a few minutes right now to share some thoughts. So we're not going to like talk about Stefan Diggs for the next six weeks. We're going to put this to bed after I get some thoughts out right now, but I think that Sean McDermott's choice of words saying he was very concerned yesterday sparked all of this. And I talked about this yesterday when we went through it, especially after listening to Josh Allen and Von Miller, where Sean McDermott chose to say he was very concerned Perhaps a better way to answer that question was something along the lines of, you know, Stefan Diggs and we're having great communication. He was here yesterday, took his physical, passed it. He's in great shape. He has some things he's concerned about. We're talking through that. We gave him some space. He'll be back tomorrow. And we feel really comfortable about the direction that we're on. Something along those lines, right? There's a much better way to handle it than very concerned. And Sean McDermott absolutely backpedaled in his most recent session, the one that I just reviewed. Again, this all was sparked because of that concerned comment. I think he spoke out of frustration. And all of this could have been avoided. I think Stefan Diggs not being at practice yesterday was always going to be a big story. But the magnitude of the story didn't have to be what it was if Sean McDermott chose to answer that question differently than he did. So I do think Sean McDermott gets a lot of blame for how this became such a big story. He had the opportunity right there to control the narrative and he failed. It's that simple. And I think he all but admitted that today when he came out. I'm appreciative for what he said today. But a better choice of words yesterday and not speaking out of frustration 
could have put us all in a much better spot. But the bottom line here, like let's we're moving past Sean McDermott, very concerned how he backpedaled today. The bottom line here is that something weird is going on with Stefan Diggs. This is weird. It appears resolved for now, right? We're getting that messaging. We're seeing Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen high-fiving, catching passes, doing the normal stuff. But this is weird. There are 2,880 NFL players right now under contract. 90 players, 32 teams. You do the math, that equals 2,880. Four of those 2,880 did not attend a mandatory minicamp practice. Connor Williams with the Dolphins, Chris Jones with the Chiefs, Daniil Hunter with the Vikings, and Stefan Diggs with the Bills. The first three players that I named, Williams, Jones, Hunter, we know why they weren't there. They're all seeking new contracts. It makes perfect sense. Last year of their deal, underpaid, want to maximize their opportunity to get some additional money. It all makes sense. Nothing to say there. And then there's Diggs. And then there's Diggs. Whatever led to the events of yesterday is completely strange in the landscape of what almost always happens in the NFL. It's weird. It's a weird situation. And while it appears resolved, according to Sean McDermott, he's confident in that. Is it resolved or is it on hold? What happens when Stefan Diggs inevitably has that first media session? It won't feel over then. I'm sure the media, rightfully so, will come hard with questions, and we'll see what Stefan Diggs has to say. So question number one is what happens when Diggs has a media session? What does that look like? My next question is what happens if the Bills don't win the Super Bowl? I mean, obviously he's frustrated over things. He's mad. He wanted to make a statement and he did. We've been wondering, even if you called this a nothing burger, we've all been wondering what it's going to be like when Stefan Diggs comes back after the blow up on the sideline against the Bengals, abruptly leaving the facility and what he said to the national media in the weeks following the loss of the Bengals. We've all been wondering. That's why it was my biggest story entering minicamp. Was he going to be there? And I chose to even address it during the voluntary sessions. I know it's voluntary. Like we went through that, but it was still a situation where I said, you know what, man, I wish Diggs was there. I wish that this was, resolved and over. And I question right now if it really is. So my question is, what happens if the Bills don't win the Super Bowl? Can he handle it? Is he just tired of putting in so much work and not winning the Super Bowl? Only one team gets to win the Super Bowl. You're signed through 2027. The Bills have no reasonable way to get out of your deal this year or next. Did you did you guys align enough For the cure-all that is winning, right? Josh Allen even said it during his session yesterday. You just got to win. That fixes everything. He said it, and everybody knows that winning is the cure-all. 
If the Bills don't win the Super Bowl, can Stephon Diggs handle that? Well, maybe they do lose in the playoffs, but Stephon Diggs has 10 catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Is, is that better? Is that different? If the Bills don't win the Super Bowl, but Stephon Diggs' opportunity in the offense doesn't fade like it did last year, will that be okay? Like, So I wonder if this is over or if it's on hold. I'll leave it at that. And I certainly hope to enjoy Stefan Diggs catching passes from Josh Allen through at least 2027 when Diggs' contract is set to expire when he's 34 years old. And I'll close out our Diggs discussion with this quote from Mitch Morse, which I absolutely love. Of course, Mitch Morse commenting on the Stefan Diggs situation. Mitch Morse said, quote, they're doing the things that they're supposed to do, which is to have possibly uncomfortable conversations have some candidness, which can be hard at times, but in the end, you appreciate it. I want Steph and everyone to be the happiest versions of themselves. He is one of the best teammates I've ever been around. All right. Coming up after a quick break, we are going to talk about non-Stefan Diggs, Buffalo Bills, news, notes, and nuggets coming out of mandatory minicamp. All right. More to get to here today, but first I would like to invite you to join the Locked On Bills subtext community. Check it out. There is a link in today's show notes, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a regular podcasting platform. You can click on the show notes and find a link to join the Locked On Bills subtext community. Something fairly new that we're offering. Here's what you get. My favorite part is the one-on-one text conversations with me. Obviously, the last few days have been really busy, all this Stefan Diggs news. And so I've been, you know, texting back and forth with subtext subscribers, sharing thoughts, listening to thoughts. And um, it's been really, really cool. You get priority when it comes to herd mentality. You get some exclusive content. I'll give you regular Bills musings texts, my first reaction to all Bills news. And so, you know, as the Stefan Diggs narrative was unfolding, I sent out three texts over the last three days to kind of recap some of my initial thoughts on everything. Um, And that's been really cool. Of course, there's been a lot of news lately with the extension for Ed Oliver and Leonard Floyd and Brandon Shell, Cam Dantzler. Once camp heats up, there's going to be a lot coming out. So uh, that's really cool. And then we have had some giveaways, and uh, it's been really awesome. So check it out, the Locked On Bills subtext community. Link in today's show notes to join. Again, nothing changes with the normal delivery of the podcast. It is simply an extra layer of engagement for anybody who might want it. All right, so let's close things out by focusing in on the other stuff. And so let's start with participation. Uh, Von Miller not participating. We expected that. Jordan Phillips not participating. We expected that. Uh, Dawson Knox did not practice. And we understand that he was banged up at the end of practice yesterday, uh, going up and trying to catch a pass uh, from Josh Allen. Uh, Taylor Rapp and Kyer Elam were in coverage, according to the tweet from Matt Perino. And um, he went down hard. He got the attention of trainers, came back and was on the sideline, but didn't finish the practice. And then, of course, today he didn't practice at all, had a knee sleeve or like a a compression sleeve over his knee. Um, It appears to be what's going on there. So he didn't practice it. I don't know how serious it is. It doesn't seem like it's a problem, but something for us to file away um, as we consider Dawson Knox in training camp. Also, regarding tight ends and participation, Zach Davidson, uh, one of the Bills' tight ends, he is on injured reserve. This is something that was discovered by Joe Biscalia. 
um, that on the NFL transaction wire, Zach Davidson was listed on IR. And so that means his season is over and um, the Bills have an open roster spot. And former Packers tight end Nick Gugamos has been at camp over the last couple of days on a tryout basis. And so he's 27 years old, has been a practice squad player for the last few seasons, um, bounced around between the Browns and the Packers in 2021, 2022. Um, And um, so we'll see if he gets the opportunity. Uh, The Bills will probably need to add a tight end. I mean, it's, it's Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, Joel Wilson, Quentin Morris, and then they need another body there. So I'd anticipate the Bills adding a tight end at some point over the next six weeks or so. Um, Nick Gugamos, maybe it's him. Uh, His dad played in the NFL for four seasons. In fact, his last season was with the Bills, uh, but he didn't make the roster. He was cut during preseason. But uh, that could could be the path there, but I would expect the Bills to add a body at tight end. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander was present at uh, practice today. I love that Sean McDermott does this. You'll see uh, former players and former players that he's coached. We've seen Luke Keekley around the facility, Kyle Williams, Lorenzo Alexander. All of that's good, right? I love to see um, players come back, right, and, and maintain those relationships. I think that's healthy for the for the organization. I think it's good for the players and um, really, really helpful. Obviously, Lorenzo Alexander, one of the most respected players um, during my time, are uh, rooting for the Buffalo Bills, and so uh, having him around is is only a good thing. Now, what one of the downsides to the Stefan Diggs conversation that has dominated the headlines over the last two days is we just haven't gotten that much in the way of practice reports, right? No real nuggets to look into and figure out where guys are lining up or about you know position battles or anything like that. And so I I, I come away from this mini camp quite underwhelmed with um, the knowledge that I gained about the stuff that I really care about, right? I mean, the Stefan Diggs stuff is what it is. We have to talk about it, but you guys know me. I just want to talk about football. And instead I'm talking about the attendance of one of the Bills superstars. Um, and I think it's really taken away from the typical practice recaps that we normally get. So uh, we don't have much to share, but I, I think one thing that I have gathered from reading uh, Sal Capaccio and listening to Matt Perino, uh, Matt Perino, the outstanding host of the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast with Ryan Talbot, and then Sal, of course, uh, Bill Sideline reporter and, and of uh, WGR 550. Um, they both have had some really good things to say about Khalil Shakir. And and I'm excited about that. You guys know what I think about Khalil Shakir. Um, a third-round grade for me last year, a player that I think would have been, I can't remember, it's like top seven or top eight receiver for me in this year's class. Um, got a chance to play quite a bit last year. Not necessarily get a ton of opportunity in the passing game. I think he had like 10 catches, but was pretty meaningful in both of the playoff games. And, you know, I've I've been really interested to see what type of role he's going to command this year, especially with the arrival of Trent Shurfield, the arrival of Deontay Hardy. What does that mean for Khalil Shakir? You know, it's tough to say, but hearing about him and his consistency and making tough catches and scoring some touchdowns throughout the course of the offseason has been really encouraging. And so he's a player that like feels like he's out of sight right now, but you know, maybe he will have a big role. And obviously, you know, you're looking at your pillars of your passing game being Stefan Diggs and, Gabriel Davis and what's going to happen with Dawson Knox, but that slot position and those other targets being absorbed by a Kincaid and a Deontay Hardy and a Trent Shurfield 
and a Khalil Shakir. That's one of my most intriguing questions going into this season. And, you know, I'll be paying a lot of attention to that throughout training camp is how does how do those targets get distributed this year? Right. That's going to be a fascinating thing uh, because you can really appreciate those three different skill sets. Trent Shurfield has some size, some blocking ability, some physicality, speed, hands. Deontay Hardy's a jitterbug that has a lot of shiftiness to him, and he's really explosive yards after catch guy. Khalil Shakir's kind of a do everything player that you know all these guys can play inside and outside. And so, how do they all get incorporated? What type of opportunity do they command? I think that's going to be a really fun um, storyline to pay attention to. And, and I don't want to forget about Khalil Shakir in this conversation. I know Deontay Hardy signed a three year deal. Uh, Trent Shurfield, you know, there's some momentum there. It feels like he's really gotten the opportunity with Diggs not participating uh, until today. You know, it feels like that's been the guy that's received a lot of that run. And you've heard Josh Allen say really good things about Trent Shurfield. And um, how does this all come together? It's a good problem to have. They're not all going to be high volume targets. That's just not possible. So which of them really emerges? And I think you can talk yourself into all three of them. Uh, So that's definitely something that I don't want us to lose sight of as we consider this football team in 2023. The last thing I'll say is I, I just feel like we still have so much to learn. CB2, big-time competition there. Middle linebacker, big-time competition there. We just talked about these wide receivers, the edge competition, right? You know, one of Boogie Basham, Shaq Lawson, uh, Shane Ray, like probably one or two of those don't make the team. How do we sort that out? What's things look like at guard right now? I have no idea. Is Ryan Bates the favorite? Does Osiris Torrance have a chance? Should we be sleeping on David Edwards? You know, I think there's a lot to be uh, learned there. Obviously, Connor McGovern, haven't heard a thing about that guy, right? The Bills, it was the biggest contract they handed out this offseason was, you know, to a, a, a free agent was Connor McGovern. What? How are things going there? I don't think we've heard a peep about it. The backfield rotation between James Cook and Damian Harrison. Naheem Hines and Latavius Murray. Like there is just so much to learn about this football team um, that I don't feel like I have that much clarity on coming out of the off season, right? Next up is training camp. And so that's the stuff that I'm really kind of focused in on. And I'll be speculating a lot over the next six weeks regarding, I guess the last note here is that the bills did what we expected them to do. Uh, they canceled the final day of mini camp. It's a pretty normal thing. I, I can't remember the last time Sean McDermott didn't do it. Most teams do cancel their last day of mini camp. Some teams pra- canceled the entire last week. Like they canceled their mini camp completely. The 49ers did it. The Jets did it. Um, but the Bills also did it. Um, and uh, that uh, that that uh, inspired a tweet from Adam Schefter to let everybody know that the Bills canceled their final day of mini camp. Pro Football Talk wrote an article about it. It's not news, something we fully expected to happen. But because of the Stefan Diggs narrative, all of a sudden the Bills canceling the last day of minicamp is something that people are talking about. Well, if you pay attention to the league, you know that this is a very, very, very standard practice. It's something I talked about on Monday that this was going to be the case. That's before we knew anything about Stefan Diggs. So that's a, you want to talk about a nothing burger, that's a nothing burger that the Bills canceled their last day of minicamp, just like the Patriots and Colts announced that on Wednesday. But I don't see Adam Schefter and Pro Football Talk tweeting and writing about that. So there's your little mini rant to get us out of here. Very excited for tomorrow. Greg Thompson, cover one. He's going to join me for a Brandon Bean conversation. There's been a lot of questions about the Bills GM, right? 
Uh, is he the right guy? Um, you know, how good of a job is he doing? Where does he rank among the other GMs? Where is he underrated? Where does he de- deserve criticism? Greg and I are going to unpack that all for you on tomorrow's podcast. So don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.